Welcome to Life as a Spiritual Soup podcast with your host, Juliana Raymond. Join me to explore a variety of diverse topics designed to inform, educate, and empower you through your life journey. Welcome, spiritual voyeurs, to this week's podcast of Life is a Spiritual Soup. My guest this week is Diane Carbone. She is an intuitive astrologer whose life's work and study of astrology has provided many with her and the universal energies insights on the influences of our celestial magnetics and how these celestial influences affect our lives. Today, she shares her research and wisdom with us. What I know of astrology is very limited, but what I do know is that it takes years of study to understand the various elements that go into understanding the depth of our astrologic influences. So without further delay, I'm going to turn the microphone over to Diane for what I am quite certain is going to be an extraordinary insight. Welcome, Diane. Thank you, Juliana. And I want to say what an honor it was to be asked to do this. Oh, I'm the one that's honored, honestly. Okay. Well, there are many useful ways to use astrology as a tool. One of my favorites is for self-awareness. When we understand our own personalities and motivations, it helps us to hone in more vividly to the person we really want to be in this life. Once we become self-confident and more aware of our actions, it frees us to concentrate on eliminating the personality traits we don't want to keep and heighten the best of ourselves with traits we want to enhance, thereby becoming the very best version of ourselves we can be. This gives us the confidence to do more, interact with others in a more meaningful way, and not question or criticize our own motives. This brings us to transcendence, living a life of self-improvement and learning who we are and what we are meant to accomplish in this life. I have below listed the 12 signs and I'm going to group them into the elements to give you as much good information as possible. We'll start with the fire signs, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Our path to transcendence is to be the next sign of the zodiac, thereby learn their lessons in life. For Aries, this means to learn the lesson of patience. Aries tends to be impulsive. Fire signs are impulsive. That is the element of fire. They motivate through passion. Aries, being the first sign of the zodiac, is very motivated, very self-assertive, very self-starting, and they need to learn the lesson of patience in this life. Leo, the second fire sign, is five signs after Aries, so they're a little more evolved, and they need to learn the lesson of humility and calm. Sagittarius, the third fire sign, needs to learn discipline and trust. That is their path to transcendence. Um, the fire signs are motivated through passion. So they need to be a little more objective, to sit back and think about what they're going to do before they do it. But no one can do anything as good as a fire sign. They are our motivators. They are our leaders. They are our truth tellers. And it's a wonderful element. And just as an aside, the elements get along best with each other. So fire signs get along best with other fire signs, as do the other elements. The next element is Earth. And these are the signs of Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Their path to ascendance is they are very practical down-to-earth signs. And that is how they express. They express through practicality. 
So Taurus's journey to transcendence is to be more flexible. Um, they're the second sign of the zodiac, and the earlier signs of the zodiac are basically, you know, sort of the newbies. They're learning through life. So Taurus needs to learn to be more flexible, to think things through, to not just have a visceral want. That's why they're called stubborn, because when they want something, they want it, but they need to learn to think it through. I'm laughing because I'm a Capricorn and I follow in that earth sign, but I am stubborn. Yes, Capricorn, <laughs> right. Because your fifth house is Taurus, you express as Taurus. <laughs> The second earth sign is Virgo. They're very practical. All these practical signs, the earth signs, they need something to do. They're the good ones with the projects. They can do a project well. They need to work with their hands. Virgos, actually, their path to transcendence is through collaboration and learning imperfection. Virgos are so hard on themselves. Actually, so are Capricorns. Capricorn's hard. The earth signs are very hard on themselves. Um, they have very strict standards for themselves. So Virgo needs to lighten up, per se, and be more easier on themselves. But they really need to learn to collaborate. No man is an island. And to learn that imperfection has its rewards. You can't succeed unless you fail. And trust me, if you have a project to be done, give it to a Virgo. It'll be one of the best outcomes you ever have. The third of the sign is Capricorn. They need to learn flexibility and, in a sense, generosity. Now, I'm not saying Capricorns aren't generous. I am saying that of all the 12 signs, Capricorns love money the most. Oh, I like money. They're <laughs> hardest workers that there are. They actually have to watch that they don't become workaholics and neglect family. That's a big lesson for a Capricorn because they're also leaders. They're the fixers. Capricorn are fixers. There's a third earth sign. So all these earth signs really need something practical to do. Earth signs, working with the earth, gardening. I also want to say that, you know, Taurus needs a peaceful environment. And knowing that is a path to self-awareness, because if you know you need a peaceful environment, you can eliminate putting yourself in environments that cause chaos. So now we'll go to the air signs. The air signs are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. And air signs present intellectually. There are thinkers. By the time we get to Gemini, after Aries and Taurus, the brain has kicked in. Geminis are information highways. They are our communicators. They're the ones always with a book in their hand learning something. They're the ones always on Google saying, I'll, I'll look that up. I'll let you know what that is. Geminis are the information highway. What they have to learn is to focus on one thing. Because when you're so thirsty for information, you get pulled in all kinds of different directions. So Geminis can sometimes become the jack of all trades and the master of none. They need to discipline themselves to hone in and focus. They can do 10 or 15 things, but they have to focus and complete at least one or two. That's my rule. But, you know, it's really good for a Gemini to realize that they can get scattered. They can start over here and then something you know, they're interested in something else, and then they, they veer off here, and before they know it, they didn't get anything done. That's the kind of energy. Libras, they're a very interesting air sign. The only sign besides Taurus that needs a peaceful environment. When Libra is around chaos, their stomach starts to hurt. When I think of Taurus, I think of flowers, and music is a beautiful, peaceful outlet for Venus and Taurus. For Libra and Taurus, Venus rules both signs. But Libras, they are overthinkers because now Gemini has started to think and they want all this information. 
Libra has all this information now, and they overthink. They definitely are. Just balance the scales. They're great debaters. If you tell them it's nice out, they'll tell you, look at the cloud. If you tell them it's cloudy, they'll say, look at the sun. But Libra is a sign, definitely needs a peaceful environment. They can some, they're the best mediators there are because they can see both sides of a situation. But they really have to be careful not to overthink because the truth is most of what we think is going to happen really doesn't happen the way we think it's going to. And Libra can work themselves into a tizzy. So they really want to keep a nice, balanced, peaceful mental energy about themselves. Aquarius, the third air sign, is actually Gemini and Libra on steroids. They are our brainiacs. They are constantly thinking, no matter what they look like, their mind is going a million miles an hour. An air sign, the intellectuality has peaked. The intellectuality has peaked with Aquarius. They're wonderful with any kind of media, details, and their path to transcendence is empathy and maturity. Because Aquarius is the only sign, I'll never forget seeing a poster of Morticia saying, frankly, darling, what other people think about me is none of my business. And I was like, that is so Aquarius. They're one of the only signs that really don't live by what other people think. And when you think about it, a lot of our actions are trying to please others or someone, they think someone wants them to act a certain way. So Aquarius's journey to transcendence is through empathy feeling for others and maturity, realizing it's a big picture because when they're opposed, they can really dive into themselves and not really want anything to do with anyone else. Libra's path to ascendance is through determination and resolve. And I believe I mentioned, if not, Gemini's path to transcendence is to start to feel things and also realize how important the family structure is. So there are intellectual signs, Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. The water signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. They are the water signs. They present emotionally. They have your fire signs being passionate, your earth signs being practical, your air signs being intellectual, and your water signs are your emotional people. They feel everything. So their path to transcendence for a cancer is confidence and ambition. Cancer needs to be more confident in themselves, not so sensitive, and more ambitious. And what happens is when they gain that confidence that they can do anything, it is a cardinal sign. Cancer is a leader, but they need to have that self-assurance and that self-confidence. For Scorpio, faith and fun. Scorpio is a very serious sign. They can be very reclusive. They got this life down. They got it all figured out. They're going to do it their way, and they'll listen to you, but they'll pretty much do things. They're a very determined sign, Scorpio, and the one water sign that doesn't show their emotions. Um, it's like a poker face, all going on inside there, but you'll never know it because they're at cool, calm, and collected. Scorpios are very serious. They need to have more faith that things are happening for the right reason. They're not in control of everything. And they need to lighten up a little and have a little more fun. It's a wonderful sign. The most loyal signs in long relationships are Scorpio and Taurus. I call them one and done. That's it. Once they commit, might take them a while because Taurus can be picky and Scorpio is going to wait for the right person. But once they commit, they're one and done. They mate for life, basically. Cancer, like I said, needs confidence and ambition for their transcendence. Scorpio needs faith and fun. 
and Pisces, beautiful Pisces, the last sign of the zodiac. When you get to the 12th sign, you've pretty much evolved through all the other 11. So Pisces are the old souls of the zodiac. I would even go as far to say, starting with Sagittarius, the last four, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces are basically the old souls. But Pisces is the oldest soul. And they are the feelers. They're like a sponge. They can walk in a room and feel the energy of the room. If they see a sad commercial, they're sad all night. They really shouldn't watch any late night TV about rescue animals or anything because it absolutely affects them. They've been given all this wisdom in life. It really is a gift to be a Pisces. They know what unconditional love is and they feel everything. But what they need to learn is that, and for their transcendence, is that they're in charge. They are so self-sacrificing. They do everything for other people. They need to learn that they're in charge. It's wonderful to be generous. It's wonderful to do things and be self-sacrificing, but never to the degree where it takes away from your life experience or your self-love. And Pisces can sometimes do that, and they need to learn leadership. So those are the four elements, fire, earth, air, and water. And I will elaborate a little because I did mention that Capricorn was a cardinal sign. There are 12 signs. Four of them are cardinal. Capricorn, Cancer. All right, wait, I, let me write it down first. Then I'm going to ask her a few questions because I've been taking notes. Okay, let me do the mutable. And when I said that it takes an awful lot of research, I, you know, I have known this woman for many, many years. And when she comes to do a reading, she has manuals that she actually flips through the pages, looks up a particular date, and especially if you tell her, why did I feel this way, or why did I not do this on such and such a date, or I fell down on this date, and she goes to this little amazing chart that's like minuscule reading, and she pulls up the date, and it says, oh yeah, because your sign was in so-and-so and such-and-such at that particular moment, that's why it happened. And I'm blown away at the accuracy of the astrologic projections. I'm also fascinated by the interaction of the signs. And one of the questions I'm going to ask her later on is what happens when your parents are two separate signs, say Aquarius and Gemini? Um, how does that conflict with raising a family. She's shaking her head. Well, because doesn't, that's a beautiful combination. She likes the combination, if you didn't hear that. Gemini and Aquarius? So they're compatible. Yes. Right. Gemini is in Aquarius's fifth house. So they're pretty much destined to have children together. And Aquarius is in Gemini's ninth house, which means Gemini's admire Aquarians. They can't help. Anyone in your ninth house, you admire. It's just a basic feeling toward them. So basically understanding some of the astrologic traits of the person that's in your life is going to give you a lot of insight as to how they rumble. Absolutely. In other words, another tool to be able to assess why is the interaction of our relationship going this way or that way. Absolutely. It helps to diffuse some ruffled feathers, perhaps, or make sense of something else in your life. I love it. Because, again, it takes years of study to know astrology. And I didn't go down that path. I went down others. So I'm always fascinated when somebody comes up with the detail that I'm absolutely looking for. And it goes, oh, so that's why this happened. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can learn a lot from your partner. You can learn a lot from astrology. And you can also, if you know your partner is really going through a rough time, because the moon changes every two days. If you know that your partner, the moon is in a sign that's just really draining their energy or something, 
Like, I'll leave my husband alone more than I normally would. <laughs> I'll say, yeah, we'll get through these two so days. There must be something to the full moon syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. I believe so, especially if it's a full moon in your opposite side. Or a lunar eclipse, mm-hmm. or just an aside there. Earth's energies have been really zapped, or not zapped, but we're getting bombarded with all of these projections, these etheric universal magnetics that are coming from planetary influences or just from the universal ethers that are influencing us individually. We don't even know it. Mm -mm. I only know about the planetary influences. Yeah, because she studies astrology. (laughs) I don't know about the universal ethers. Yeah. But I will learn that from you. Yeah. So anyway, gang, what I'm bringing up here is that sometimes I have lots of individuals who reach out to me and ask me, what's going on with the universe that feels, you know, different or odd or weird? If you don't know the astrological implications or what influences are being affected at this particular moment, you can always look to the universe to understand that there is a tremendous amount of magnetic fluctuation in the environmental atmosphere. That we're sensing in our human bodies and our physical bodies are actually feeling it, and we don't know necessarily what's causing it or how to react to it without a total understanding. I'm going to turn the mic back to Diane. She looks like she's ready. Okay, so I'm going to talk real quick about modalities, and that is cardinal, mutable, and fixed. There's 12 signs. This lumps them into four signs per category. Our cardinal signs are our leaders. They are the ones that can start things. They're more motivated. They can take action on their own. And they're the doers. And those are Capricorn, Cancer, Aries, and Libra. Those are our cardinal signs. These are the people that will start things on their own. They're motivated to do things. The mutable signs are more flexible, which there is charm in that because they're more easygoing. If you have an Aries cardinal sign that says to a Gemini, come on, let's go. Gemini will say, all right, I'm right there with you. The mutable signs are our flexible signs. They adapt to change. Those are Gemini, Sagittarius, Pisces, and Virgo. The other modality is called fixed signs. These are our signs that do not like change. They can be stubborn about it. They like routine, and they really don't like change which can sometimes work against them because change is a big part of life. But the fixed signs are Leo, Aquarius, Scorpio, and Taurus. When I think of Taurus, I think of that stubbornness, you know, or I don't want to change the way I do this. I like the way I do this. They're not as adaptable to change. They're more fixed, which basically, you know, goes with also a practicality. So we're going to talk, I guess, about Jupiter and the signs for this year. because Tell us about Jupiter. It's in Aries. It just went into Aries, and it's going to go retrograde back into Pisces, but really the Aries influence of Jupiter, which is a beneficial planet. It's a wonderful planet. It's luck, it's opportunity, it's expansion, it's money in thousands. And of course, the 12 zodiac houses, whatever house it's in for the sign that you are, is where your luck is for the year. So for Aries, it's in their first house. That means that this is a year of opportunity for them to become their most authentic self. It's expanding their personality. It's also expanding their appearance. Now, Jupiter is expansion. So if you have Jupiter in your first house of physical appearance, you're going to be more of a foodie this year and more prone to gain weight than normal. 
But that is just an aside. The truth is Jupiter and Aries will make Aries more optimistic. It'll make them want to travel. It'll make them want to do more and really think about their direction in life and whether they're pleased with it, but they'll be able to take concrete action. And what Jupiter does is it brings opportunities to you. So opportunities will come to them. And this influence is really from now until May of 2023. Though for Aries, opportunities will come to them in the coming year for them to expand themselves, to maybe get more involved in something that they've always wanted to get involved with. Um, it, it's great when Jupiter is in your sun sign and Jupiter is transiting through Aries. It stays in each sign for a year. So it takes 12 years to go through all 12 signs. Now, Leo, the second fire sign, Jupiter is in their ninth house. I would say any opportunities that Leo get to travel between now and May 2023, they should definitely take. Because this is the ninth house. This is long distance travel. So they could get opportunities to travel. It'll also give them opportunities with foreigners. They'll be lucky with foreigners. They can learn a new language. This is higher learning. They can learn to go back to school. My point about Jupiter is these opportunities will actually come to these signs. But you have to take them. The only thing that really can stop astrology is free will. There will be opportunities this year for Leos to travel and to learn something on a higher level. It doesn't have to be academia. It can be anything, and they really should take the opportunities. And it's also religion and philosophy, the ninth house. It's a wonderful house. So maybe their philosophies on their journey to transcendence. They can find philosophies to help them raise their vibration, something like have unshakable faith. The opportunities will come. For Sagittarius, it's in their fifth house. Sagittarians will have the opportunity to bring children into their lives. So any Sagittarius women out there who want to have a baby between now and May 2023 would probably be an opportune time, more opportune than usual, because the fifth house rules children. There's also four Sagittarians. There's opportunities through children. There's opportunities to be creative. They should take short vacations. All the fire signs benefit from Jupiter and Aries because all the elements get along best together. Aries, Leo, and Sag get along the best together. Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn. So now for the earth signs, Jupiter and Aries is a little different. For Taurus, it's in their 12th house. When Jupiter is in the 12th house, it does bring you wonderful opportunity through introspection, but it really isn't a time for action. It's a time to research where you want your life to go. And it stays in the house for a year. So you will have the opportunity to do that research. It will really bring you a divine wisdom if you let it. It's a great time to do some reading, to just be more philosophical. But Jupiter, you know, there aren't, the planets aren't as strong in the 12th house but the year after, after May 2023, when Jupiter goes into Taurus, there will be plenty of time for them to take action because then it's basically their turn for Jupiter to bestow its blessings on them. For Virgo, it's the eighth house. Now, the eighth house is the house of spirituality, transcendence, and really how you interact with others. So for Virgos this year, it's a wonderful opportunity for them to go on a spiritual journey. Any Virgo this year should really go on a spiritual journey because Jupiter is there saying, well, if you go on that journey, I'll bring little tidbits and little gifts to you to help you get to a higher level. 
And it's also the house of other people's money. So if there's a Virgo who's in business or somehow deals with earning money from other people, this will be a great year for them. The opportunities will be there for them to earn money from other people. But it really is a spiritual and a transcendence. It's the house of the spirit world. Virgos will be getting messages this year. They'll be dreaming. They'll be getting contact. There's no doubt about it with Jupiter in the eighth house. They'll be a different person by May of 2023 on a spiritual level. Now, Capricorns, it's in their fourth house. So Jupiter in the fourth house, the fourth house is home, family, immediate environment. It's the mother. It's your home, community. Capricorns have an opportunity to shine at home this year. Their home will be a beautiful place for them to be. They'll feel peaceful there. They'll be happy there. Anybody that comes to their home, they'll be a more optimistic and an opportunity at home. So really, Capricorns can stay home. An opportunity will just come to them. Now they have to take it. But home is where it's at this year for Capricorns. Now the air signs for Gemini, Jupiter is in the 11th house. And this is the house of collaboration. This is the house of who needs me. Groups, associations, clubs, the house of manifestation, hopes, goals, and wishes. So Geminis this year can really, by getting involved, joining a group, joining a club, they can't go wrong with Jupiter, and Jupiter will bring them that opportunity. I think of a Gemini passing a bulletin board and seeing, you know, reading group, and then they pass it and they look at it and they go, ah, nah. But if they would have joined it, it would have snowballed into something wonderful. It's an opportunity, but you don't have to look for the opportunity. They really do come to you. But Gemini's opportunity this year is through groups, clubs, associations. Any Gemini's out there should do a vision board this year because this 11th house is the house of manifestation, the house of vision boards, the house of the secret. Act as if you already have it and you will get it. They should have hopes, goals, and wishes. They should write them down, what their hopes are, their goals are this year, and they'll manifest especially on a new moon. New moon wishes are the best. You have to do it before the new moon. Any list you make of things you want to manifest in your life, you can do it every month on the new moon. Those things will start to manifest. So the second air sign, Libra, they're real lucky because Jupiter is in their seventh house of marriage and partnership. Commitment, legal issues. Now, actually, Libra is the sign of legal issues anyway, because if you go around the zodiac from Aries, Libra is the seventh house. But Jupiter and Aries for Libra will be their seventh house from the first. And Jupiter and Libra will bring Libra opportunity through legal affairs. If you've been wronged and you're in the right and there's absolutely a reason for you to fight for the right, you will win your case. Also, lucky in the love department, if they're single, opportunities will come. They have to take them, but they will come for them to meet people. People will start to come into their lives, perspective Commit partners will start to come into their lives. Even they can take the bull by the horns and say, well, I am going to join that singles group because I know this is my year. It's just a wonderful year for relationships, for Libras. It's marriage, it's partnership, all of that. So if they're in a committed relationship, the relationship will have an opportunity to grow. It'll be a wonderful year to travel with your mate, to do things with your mate, and your relationship will reach a higher level. This is Jupiter. So Jupiter rules Sagittarius. So this brings a higher plateau to Libra because it's two signs ahead of it. And the next air sign is Aquarius. Jupiter is in their third house. Aquarians this year are very fortunate with anything to do with communication. It rules the media. 
It rules writing. It rules teaching. It rules staying basic. The third house gets a bum rap and nobody talks about it that much because it's the house of ABC and one, two, three. But what happens is we get so busy in our lives that we actually forget that the basics are what work. That's really what works. That's the foundation of everything we do. If we didn't know numbers, we wouldn't know math. If we didn't know letters, we wouldn't know English. But it's the house of keep it simple and keep it real. And it's also the house of the thought process. So Aquarians, as if they're not brainy enough, are going to get like pings of like epiphanies of information about maybe I could do it that way. Aquarius has a beautiful knack for thinking outside of the box. That's their real gift is they could say, no, maybe we can do it this way and that'll work better. And they're the only ones that thought of that. It's really a brainy sign. But with Jupiter and Aries, it's going to even heighten their thought process. And it's also going to help them get started and motivated to do things they've always wanted to do, but maybe were procrastinating about. And the opportunities will come to them this year. So they should really, if there's something they want to accomplish, the opportunity comes, especially in the communication field, they should go for it. And this is the entertainment field that rules all kinds of media, all kinds of transportation. They'll probably get a new car this year. So Aquarius really can benefit from Jupiter. It'll bring ideas to them that they'll really be able to take in the future. I want to mention that the Jupiter effect snowballs. If you strike while the iron's hot, when Jupiter is in a house and you take your opportunities, they stay with you for years. They snowball and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you can watch that happen in people's lives. So good luck with that for Aquarius. Now the water signs, Jupiter is in Cancer's 10th house. So that is the house of professional career, the father, your future, where you're going, but mostly your career and your profession. So Jupiter could bring cancer if they're not happy with their job or where they think their future is going, but mostly their professional career. They're going to get opportunities to change it if they want to or if they're confident enough to. Because that's part of their transcendence, is self-confidence. But Jupiter will bring job opportunities for cancers. It will also bring them luck through their father in one way, shape, or form. And this can be if your father's living or if your father's in the spirit world. When you strike while the iron's hot with Jupiter in the 10th house, it could be, well, my father always told me I should try that. And now the opportunity has come. Or it could just be physical luck through your dad. He could give you a job. It can come in any way, any shape or form, but it will be honed in on career, professional career and the future. And what I meant before was Jupiter's opportunity snowball is that if you take a career change while Jupiter's in your 10th house, you've pretty much secured your future. It'll stay with you. That luck will stay with you. And remember, Jupiter's money in thousands. So this will be a promotional opportunity and you can go out there and look for it. Start, you know, if you're a cancer and you're not happy with your work life, Throw out those resumes, get them done and get them out there. You will get hits. You absolutely get hit. For Scorpio, Jupiter is in their sixth house. This is a very good health year for Scorpio. The sixth house rules health, obligations to others, day-to-day work. Not a professional career for a lifetime, but day-to-day work. So Scorpio should be very happy in their jobs. This year, they'll get opportunity maybe for expansion. But the most is the health. There's a real opportunity. Now, Jupiter is very physical. And Aries, there are athletes. 
So any Scorpio out there will get more bang for their buck if they start some kind of physical routine this year. And it'll stay with them. They'll find something they love. So anything to do with health, Jupiter will bring you opportunities to really learn about your health, any habits you've wanted to change. It'll help you do that. Read up on it. Research on your health. Also, it'll lighten up your obligations. Somehow you'll be sort of less restricted through things that you absolutely have to do. And you'll find more time for yourself, which is very nice. For Pisces, Jupiter is in their second house. The second house is money, is how you earn a living. So you can see that the houses sort of relate. The second house is how you earn a living. The sixth house is that day-to-day work. And the tenth house is the professional career. They sort of go up a level. But the second house is good old how I earn a living. Pisces can also look to do something more that like they've always wanted to do because Jupiter is Pisces has to serve a purpose anyway but Jupiter is going to make them really want to do something that serves a purpose and it's going to motivate them to take charge which is their lesson in transcendence Pisces you're in charge of your career and the opportunities are coming between now and May 2023 if you want to make a change also it is the house of money So Jupiter and Aries in Pisces second house will also bring money into their lives in a lot of different ways. It also rules your assets. So if you have assets, anything that you have that maybe is of value, clean out those closets. You can liquidate and really get the best money in 12 years for anything that you have that may be of value. That's Jupiter and Aries, and that is what it means for each sign between now and May of 2023. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I hope you guys were taking notes. There's so much more to this, and she has just really scratched the surface. I believe you were saying that if people wanted to know their individual time of birth and how to get an astrology insight, that they could plug in their time of birth and where they were born into the computer? Yes. um, You can just do any kind of a search for prenatal chart. There's all kinds of websites out there, and you do need your day, month, and year of birth. If you have the exact time, that is the very, very best chart that you can see. Everything is, you know, the astrological wheel changes constellations every two hours. I mean, you can see how in-depth this is getting. This is all really fascinating, but I suspect that if I asked you to do a slight explanation on full moon and new moon activities, you might be able to give us some insight. Well, I would say that there are activities that you can do for each the new moon and the full moon. A very powerful exercise is the new moon wish list. And what this is, is before the new moon, and you can look this up on the internet too, when does the new moon fall this month? We get 12 new moons and 12 full moons every year. So you can do this monthly. You can do it when you really want to manifest something. We manifest on the new moon. So before the new moon hits, and you can get exactly when it's going to hit on the internet, Eastern Standard Time, you want to make your list before the new moon happens. I like the night before or the morning of if it's going to happen later in the day. And what you do is you sit down, you make a really karmically sensitive list of what you want to manifest into your life. And there's no holes barred. It can be a car. It can be a bicycle. It can be anything you want to manifest into your life. It can be friendship. It can be a better relationship with someone. But you write it down. And I like to write down five really meaningful wishes. 
And of course, you want to be karmically sensitive. So if you have a nice car, you don't want to wish for a new car because that means your car is going to be replaced somehow. Or you'll get a flat tire. Something. So you want to be very karmically sensitive and meaningful when you make these wishes. But it's very powerful. So you write down at least five wishes. You can make your list as long as you want. And then you read it to the universe very meaningfully. And then you don't tell anyone. You tuck it away. You don't tell a soul. And those things that you wish for will start to manifest into your life in the next few weeks. If you want to do it every month, the next month, anything that is manifested, don't cross it out and keep the same list because that's blockage. You get rid of the things that have manifested and you make a new wish. The full moon is all about letting go. The full moon exercise is getting rid of what isn't productive in your life, what's not working in your life, letting go of bad habits, of bad relationships. And with the full moon, what you do is you write down things that you want to let go of. If something isn't working in your life, You write it down that I'd rather not be involved in that or I really don't want to do this. And with the full moon list, you either bury it in the ground or you burn it. It's totally up to you. But you read it, you look at it, and those things will start to dissipate in your life. So those exercises, believe it or not, the new moon list is so powerful. I've seen it in action. There you go, gang. Anything you don't want is full moon. Anything you do want is new moon. And know that the universe is there as your guidance and protection. They want to serve you, but you do need to ask. They just aren't going to assume that you need this and you need that. You need to be proactive in your own creative life adventure. We only have a few more minutes for this presentation. We want to thank you, Diane, for coming and giving us your insight. It's been fascinating. This recording will also be put up on my website, www.julianaraymond.com. I'm encouraging you all to create positive manifesting adventures. Bye for now. Some discussions may cause you to pause and reflect upon the information you're receiving. But all programs are designed to enliven your daily experiences and inform you of the often invisible forces that surround you on a constant basis. These programs are the culmination of my 30 years of curious research and personal experiences. My discoveries have allowed me to experience an exciting spiritual dimension that I'm hoping more individuals can explore and share and the excitement that has been such a big part of my life. It is the hope of this podcast creator. You will enjoy the programming and utilize some of the wisdom presented. Some of the information within programs is proprietary and requires the permission of the presenter. However, feel free to share the general portions with those you feel can benefit from the program. See you next week.